Welcome everybody to the Crypto Manny Podcast, your number one spot for crypto news. Thank you for tuning in. What's up, what's up, what's up guys, how's it going? It is Manny Fraser, aka Crypto Manny, and I am here to share with you guys about the news. Man, it's been an interesting day, interesting week in cryptocurrency, I must say. It's been really interesting since the last time that we spoke. A lot of things have changed. I mean, we are about to make our way up. What it looks like, at least. We got a lot of things happening, right? So let me start off with some news. I'm on CryptoPanic.com. It's a news aggregator that gives you all your crypto. So currently sitting, Bitcoin's price is currently sitting close to 40000 39,960. It's a, it's a great day, actually, when we're looking at it. But a lot of things kind of happened in the last little day. I'm going to share it with you. Let's get my mouse working. There it is. So what happened? Okay. Let's first sort this all into hot news. We don't want to see everything. We only want to see the hottest news. So over 300 ETH lost to failed transactions. Ah, that's nothing. Visa CFO believes that crypto fever is starting to cool off. So I'm going to go into this because this is kind of one of those things that you have to pay attention to. Visa CFO believes that crypto fever is starting to cool off. So what he's saying is that the market's going to start declining. Whenever that kind of happens, you have to kind of wonder, like, why are they saying that? Well, they're saying that because it's like, yeah, it's starting to get cooled off. You don't want to be putting money in it. It's not the place you really want to invest into. That's generally when you want to do the opposite of what they're saying. So if they're saying that they believe it's cooling off, that means it's really ramping up. When they say it's ramping up, that's when it's really cooling off. It's like the, just always do the opposite. Um, What is EIP 1559? Let me get into that. But first, I'm going to talk about some other things. Warren, so Elizabeth Warren likens crypto to drugs, snake oil, latest triad. So, okay, this one's very interesting. Um, One of the reasons why this is interesting is because this is the government. And I I was on Clubhouse today and someone was asking about inflation. I found it very interesting when they talk about inflation. When anyone talks about inflation, they kind of like say like, oh, well, you know, inflation is one of those things that they say crypto can do. And it's like, well, yeah. And it's like, well, well, what is inflation? Inflation is the thing that causes the market to kind of push up and prices to push up. And because of what makes people want to actually, well, the way people want to buy things, but it, what it causes people to do is causes costs you more money to buy things, right? So when, when, and they're saying that crypto can be used for money laundering. Okay. Crypto being used for money laundering. Now, come on, really? Understand what there's crypto being used for money laundering. Them saying crypto being used for money laundering is kind of like the funny. It's kind of funny because it's like, what does that mean? The U.S. dollar is used for money laundering. The Japanese yen is used for money laundering. The Canadian dollar, the euro, the British pound, all of them can be used for money laundering. So really... When we're paying attention to when they say money laundering and crypto, what they're really trying to do is they're truly trying to get you to focus on some negatives 
So that way you kind of start pointing out the bad things so you don't talk about it in the actual light, right? So you don't say the good things about it. So the Warren likens crypto to drugs. Senator Warren believes that the current state of the play of crypto recalls the early years of the pharmaceutical industry before the FDA stepped in, so before regulations. Uh, Warren, also a member of the Senate Committee on Banking and Housing and Urban Affairs, thinks that cryptocurrency industry should be regulated now. Uh, of course she is. She's a government. Government officials think everything should be regulated. It's a bureaucrat. Uh, she also suggested that crypto miners and developers could contr- could control the system. Hmm. Um, Warren decrees on... Cryptocurrency industry. Senator Warren has criticized the cryptocurrency space yet again. Uh, Warren, likely the most vocal proponent on urgent, for the urgent, coordinated, and holistic policy response to the risk proposed by the crypto assets in the U.S. Senate. Like in the current state of affairs in crypto, the unregulated days of the pharmaceutical industry when anyone can manufacture and sell drugs. But now only the FDA can manufacture and sell fake drugs. Okay. To the customers had virtually no protection against snake oil salesmen, she said. She added that it was only the after the FDA intervened. So FDA, the government came and saved the day. Bureaucracy. Furthermore, the senator said that the early unregulated days of the Internet are not a good model for the U.S., to structure its regulatory approach to the crypto markets, stating that she doesn't want to wait until a whole lot of small investors and traders have been completely wiped out. Well, that's kind of the see they, they only fo- they're still they only focus on the negative, the small investor the like because there's a lot of stories of the small investor making a lot of money. There's a lot of stories about the small trader making a lot of money, but they don't want to look at the outliers. What they want to look at is the mass. Where the real issue is in the fact that they're getting wiped out. The real issue is the people trading with no knowledge, right? The, the, the real issue is like everyone wants to be a trader, but no one wants to take the education, right? You, you have to learn. If you're deciding that you want to invest, trade, uh, get into a market, you need to read up on it. You need to understand what you're doing. You need to start learning how to read charts. You need to re- learn how to read analysis. It's not just about fundamentals. Like fundamentals are great until fundamentals don't work. Right. And it's like I generally I was talking to one person and he said, I generally just look off the news. And I said, the only thing about the news is that the news is the excuse. It's never the reason. So they can tell you something and then you think it's the reason why, but it isn't. Um, addressing the issue of increasing number of people buying Bitcoin as a hedge against inflation, Warren said, that while people are free to make their own investment decisions, treating Bitcoin as an inflationary hedge assumes two things. Uh, one, that what's happening with Bitcoin or any other cryptocurrency is somehow going to be divorced from what's happening elsewhere in the economy. And secondly, that crypto coins are not going to have their own inflationary pressures. See, and so this fundamentally, she doesn't understand what how cryptos are made, that a lot of them aren't, aren't inflationary and that the, pro- the process of inflation is because of printing of money. So she says that cryptocurrencies will have their own inflationary pressures. They can't have their own inflationary pressures because the fact that they're deflationary in value, because the more money that goes into it and the less coins there are means the value goes up. So like she actually doesn't really fully understand cryptocurrency. One reasoning uh, as to how 
cryptocurrency may face their own inflationary pressures. He argued that they may come from a different source than what happens with dollars and pointed out the high price volatility of cryptocurrency as a clear example against the the proper pure pure well, I, mean, I can't even see you read that word man forget that uh on june 10th warren slammed bitcoin energy consumption during the senate banking committee and july 9th which is funny because the actual banks use more energy to make and print bills than bitcoin does to print and and mint miner just saying so it's kind of funny when they're when they're up when they're trying to put uh some bad news or they're trying to say something, but it really like it's really not that bad. Um, you got people saying that it hasn't topped yet. Bitcoin fails to flip for four thousand with traders eyeing thirty six as a lower for support. Uh, I say that. In the coming months, Cardano will seize the position of top three. Uh, I'm gonna read first. We'll read what is EIP fifteen fifty nine. Then I'm gonna get the Cardano. And then we're going to end it off with some uh, a little rant. Okay. What is EIP-1559? So for everyone that's wondering, what is EIP-1559? Well, it's, it's Ethereum's fee-burning proposal. And what it is, is that they're looking at introducing what is known as a fork, where what they're going to do, which is EIP-1559, is an upgrade to the system. And it will burn a significant portion of transaction fees on Ethereum while introducing variable blocks sizes to improve efficiency. The upgrade will negatively impact Ethereum miners, but will add value to Ethereum hodlers, holders uh, by making the asset more scarce. Gas fees will also be more predictable. So what that means in terms of EIP-1559, which is also known as the London Hard Fork, which goes live around August 4th, um, that will help in terms of making sure that the fees go down. And I've been saying this, that this is going to be a game changer for Ethereum. This can cause the, the bullish market in Ethereum to happen. Ethereum is prepping for EIP-1559, but this doesn't change it to proof of stake. There's still a proof of work aspect. They're still not fully done with the proof of stake. Um, implemented the Berlin hard fork in April. The upgrade will change the first price auction uh, fee mechanism to new base fee model uh, with an additional miner tip. That's cool. So the miners are still getting tips. So EIP 1559 isn't totally bad for miners. Um, so all you got to know is that the fees are going down. The EIP 1559 is getting introduced on August 4th. The fees are going to be considerably down. Uh, preparing for proof of stake. EIP-1559 also marks a transition of, from Ethereum's proof-of-work consensus mechanism as it handles most of its responsibilities of the miners to introduce the proof-of-burn in Ethereum along with existing proof-of-work mechanism. This essentially creates value for Ethereum holders by making the asset more scarce instead of passing it on to miners, which is really good. The network will eventually move to the proof-of-stake as part of the next phase of Ethereum 2.0, at which point all block rewards will go to stakeholders. Hmm. I wonder when that was finally going to be. EIP 1559 marks an important milestone in Ethereum's all-around development in becoming a base layer for financial applications by introducing predictability and ability to absorb sudden surges in demand. That's pretty cool. I think uh, I think Ethereum. I think if you don't have Ethereum in your um, in your portfolio, then 
and you don't have Ethereum in your portfolio. That's all I got to say about that. In the coming months, can Cardano become a top three? I think Cardano is one of the top cryptos out there. Uh, I don't get paid by Charles. I don't get anything from them. Uh, but I did recognize that this is a coin that you should have in your portfolio, like Ethereum, like Bitcoin. This is something that is something the staple that you should have. All right. Cardano is one of the market's largest altcoins, has bounced back satisfactorily. Uh, well over the past week, the alts have been trading at a one-month low of $1.05 on the 20th of July. It's now like $1.20 or $1.30. Um, at this stage, Cardano's short-term ROI seems to be pretty good. However, the further boost of their earnings market participants are now staking their ADA holdings. According to data, staking rewards are close to 35% of total ADA. Wow. 75% of Cardano's stake. This is one of the things about it. The value of the same explicitly. Um, is $14.8 billion. Notably, staking rewards for Cardano has drastically risen since July 21st. The further qu quantify staking Cardano fetches investors an annualized rate of 12.82. The same when adjusted for inflation and network supply comes down to 8.4, which again is a decent share. You get 8.4% when adjusted. That's crazy. Market dominance is at 3.32, all-time high. Uh, right now, we're currently at 2.5, despite the drop of the ADA's dom dominance. It would be noted that the current level is comparatively higher compared to the last few months of 2020. The same can be evidenced from the chart I attached. So they show a chart here. So here's the thing about Cardano, okay? Cardano, 75% 70, of people are staking Cardano. Understand that the price is not going to go down as long as everyone's holding it. So there's a large amount of people holding it. That's a good thing. Okay, that's going to keep the price continually at this regular rate at a dollar, a dollar up. So I, I would be holding on to it because I expect a lot more things to come in the Ricks with Cardano. And if it holds on to this top three position going into the end of the year, like I said, I like if you guys know me, I'm expecting $20 trillion to enter into the market. I expect Cardano to have a market cap, a market dominance of roughly about 5%. With a market dominance of 5%, it means that Cardano would have a large portion of that $20 trillion. At least, I think it's like $5 trillion of it. So, sorry, no, it's like uh, 1.2 to 2.5 billion, 2.5 trillion, sorry. So it's a large amount of money just sitting in one cryptocurrency. Now, imagine that you divide it by the amount of coins there are. Yeah, that, that puts us at a large amount. Like, I, I expect Cardano to reach anywhere between $10 is, like, minimum, but $30 could happen, okay? So, just, like, understand, when it comes down to news, you want to be looking at these things and take it with a grain of salt. Elon Musk announcing what he what he announced the other day during the B-Word conference. I mean, you could say that pushed up the market, but realistically, if you were here listening to me last week, I said, news is just the excuse. It's not the reason. Things happen. It's going to go up. It's going to go down. It's going to do what it wants. All you have to do is you got to do what you see. You have to trade what you see, not what you feel. Right? You can feel that the market's going to go up forever, but the market is not going to go up forever. It will come down. Uh, brace crucial resistance to head to $2. Cardano is going to break resistance and head to $2. Just saying. Oh, B Binance aims to be regulated everywhere. That says that's a big thing. Because Binance is really working on their whole regulation thing because they just got like hammered by all ways on like almost every country. That's something you got to really pay attention to, especially if you're living in Canada um, and you utilize Binance. Right now, they moved the withdrawal fees down from 2 to 0 0.06 if you are not registered. 
So I think it's like actually from one to 0 0.06. So if you're registered, you get two BTC. Right now, so you're going to get 2.06 BTC if you're not registered. So look into registering and focus on trying to get your money off uh, Binance before the end of the year, because that's that's a shock of liquidity. That's all I got to say about that. Okay. So my rant: the biggest scam in traditional bank is, is traditional banking, and that's what they want you to believe. Banks want to set the narrative to the people that don't do the research. So what they want you to do is they want you to go through their own system. Cryptocurrency in a nutshell is creating a decentralized version of this whole entire system. Banks want you to utilize their own system. So banks will say it's illegal for you to trade cryptocurrencies, illegal for you to buy Bitcoin. And then once they say it's illegal and you stop buying it off of these decentralized locations and local Bitcoin and whatnot, then they want to do is they wrap, want to wrap it up pretty, put some makeup on it and then sell it back to you through their own system. And then say, oh, you can buy it through us, but only if you have this much money, right? Like, understand that when the banks, the banks do this because what they want is they want to keep it, the money in their pocket. They're never about you. They're never about protecting you. It's the scam of the traditional banking system that keeps the, keeps the banks afloat. It's the scam that keeps every all this whole system afloat, this whole capitalist society that we have in North America afloat. And it's the scam that keeps it running. And we believe and we hold on to it and we support it and we learn it in school and we think that we're participating in it and we think that we have to be part of it. Bitcoin sets to solve the Byzantine general problem. If you guys don't know what the Byzantine general problem is, take a look at it. It's been around for the last 200 some odd years, more than that, actually. It's been around for centuries. And the pretty much what it does is it leaves us in a place where we have these problems in our society of inflation, right? We've caused these problems and we've said that this is the way that it is and we're okay with it, right? And we're okay with that way it is. We're going to leave it. We're going to leave it the way it is. We're not going to change it the way it is. And all the Byzantine fault is the fault of computer system that presents different uh, systems of, of different behaviors. That's not what we're going to read. Uh, I'm, I'm looking it up for you guys so I can read it here so you guys don't have to. If you're driving, if you're listening to it, the two general problems, okay? Uh, in computing, in two general problems. The uh, in re It's related to the more general Byzantine generals problem, okay? Byzantine fault. Okay, the Byzantine fault is an interactive consistency source concurrence. It is a condition of computer system, particularly distributed computing systems where com components may fail and their imperfect information on whether the component has failed. The term takes the takes it from the allegory, the Byzantine general problem. Okay, so let's go to the allegory. This is the allegory that I'm speaking of. You gotta look it up. You have to look it up. You have to go deep into this. Cause when you start understanding like the allegory and what's happening, the Byzantine general allegory. Let's go here. Al allegory i'm looking it up for you guys i don't have a jamie like joe rogan it's all me okay so this is from the bitcoin insider and this was written in 2020 uh what is the byzantine general's problem 
and how Satoshi Nakamoto solved it with Bitcoin. So Bitcoin solved the age-old problem. In the famous Bitcoin white paper published in 2008, Satoshi Nakamoto essentially solved a computational puzzle called the Byzantine General Problem, or the Byzantine Fault. In this FAQ, we discuss what is this, what is it, and how Satoshi solved it. Okay, double entry ledgers. So pretty much what's happened is double entry bookkeeping, which has been a problem forever, uh, where people might like the number one fault that we have in our general society in terms of bookkeeping is the factor that people can leave, uh, enter different entries into ledgers. If one person dies and one person puts it in, there's too many errors. And pretty much what happens is with regards to double spending or double asset claims, right? And which ends up going always towards the liquidity in the person that owns the business. So some double, so the double entry system allows for entities to record a total of what is owed and what is owned, okay? So alongside this, this double entry accounting keeps a record of what the entity spent and earned. Traditionally, the system has two corresponding equal sides, the people called debt and credit. Historically, people often use the left side of the debt entries and the right side for credit. One of the biggest issues with the double entry system is trusting the human as a fallible bookkeeper, messenger, or accountant. Moreover, in today's Today's world of monetary finance, double entry systems are used regularly, but the world's central banks are far from transparent and based on financial reality. Well, this is true. The world central bank is horribly non-transparent. Like you have no clue what's going on in there. So like this actually help. this actually puts us in a place of like, we have no clue how much money is actually being placed. For instance, the, all the money being printed right now, do you think that every single dollar that's printed uh, that's printed in the dollar the U.S. gives to different countries and whatnot. You think every dollar has an actual physical note or ticket next to it? I doubt it. So now what we have is we have this inflated dollar and we have a problem here. The problem is where is all this money going and where is all this money coming from? When computers came around, ledger systems became far more advanced and people push a double entry to the next level. Triple entry accounting was the first conceived and early in the early 80s, the inventory of Ricadian uh, contracts. Ian Griggs discussed the method well before it's solved. You can read it up there. The Byzantine general problem and Byzantine fault in a nutshell. In essence, the Byzantine general problem is an allegory of field computer science, which tells a story of two generals there can be more than two generals planning an attack on the enemy city. The general tells both armies to attack from each side of the enemy's castle, the east side and the west side. The issue at hand is the timing and synchronization problem coupled with trust because both armies need to attack simultaneously. Now, the two generals split a group of messengers but the only way the messengers can com communicate is entering the via enemy castle. The Byzantine general's problem is not uh, be not being able to trust the messenger from the message the message from the messenger, and it may not be valid or truthful. So the basic issue that we have with the with our problem that Bitcoin solved is the problem of the central banks, like. Can we actually trust the message that's being sent from the message to a central bank? 
be knowing the fact that the entries that are being put in are from people that work at the central bank and all the books they don't show it to us so now we're just left to believe what they say satoshi nakamoto inventing bitcoin technically it made the issue to solve the problem through bitcoin which is a public ledger everyone can see everything so no longer do you need to have any sort of human uh keeping a ledger the ledger is already in bitcoin every transaction happens and it's now said uh i'm gonna i'm gonna drop this in my uh in my description on my twitter and just for everyone to read it uh but it definitely it's definitely a good read i'll also put it on description see if it gets there but like when it comes down to it, bitcoin solved a lot of problems but what you need to do is you need to now figure out how is it that it's going to solve your problem okay because, like I said, the biggest scam is traditional banking. Traditional banking is what they tell you you need to stay in. Is what you're taught in schools and what you're taught that you cannot you cannot go away from. But meanwhile, it is not the actual way of doing things. So we got to really figure it out. Cryptocurrency, in a nutshell, is decentralization, and the main goal is to take you away from the centralized authorities. It's the revolution that is not televised. It's the revolution for the people, by the people, and it is for it is exactly what the people need at this time. Now, the question is, are you actually going to pick it up or are you just going to say it's not it's not legal? It's not legal tender. The government said I shouldn't touch it. The government's now banning it. The government's doing this. The government was not supposed to be in control of us. We are supposed to be in control of it. The issue is that the government grows so powerful and as they take more measures and make more powers, they now are trying to become control of us and therefore creating a slave state. Okay. Now, if they continue to create this slave state, then we're going to have more bureaucracies. We're going to have more government leaders, more government people that are telling us what to do. And all we can do is just literally do what they say. Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies give you the power for that revolution and say, I'm going to take the one thing that you say you have control over me back, which is my money. And I'm going to hold on to it in my own ledger, in my own bank, in my own place. I mean, really think about it here. If you put your money in a stable coin on a decentralized network, what would be the difference between you putting your money there and you putting it in a bank account? Because really think about it. The bank doesn't really give you any sort of interest, right? And I know that you need bank accounts to transact with peer-to-peer, -peer, but realistically, and for your mortgages and all that stuff, well, realistically, when it comes down to it, as we continue progressing into the future, I don't think that this is going to be the way it is. I think there's going to be a lot of differences and a lot of shifts in our economy and a lot of shifts in our culture. So what you need to do is, are you ready for the shifts? I always say, learn about crypto before you're forced to. Okay, because you don't want to be forced and spoon fed into the way that they want to teach you. Right now, we're in the wild, wild west, and it's the, it's a good time to be and good, it's a good time to be learning. But if you decide that you're too busy to learn right now, when they force you into this, and then it's giving you at half the cost or even less, and you're like, "Hey, how come I can't get a full Bitcoin? Or how come I can't do this?" Because at this point now, they're giving you what you they're giving you what they deem to be fit. It's like gold, right? We don't want to give you solid gold. Why would we give you solid gold? It's worth too much. We're going to give you 14 karat gold. We're going to give you 16 karat gold. We're going to give you 12 karat gold. We're going to make you wear it as jewelry and think you consider it as a high expensive item. 
Meanwhile, it's like it's one of the biggest and purest things you can trade, but also it's, it's a conduit for so many things. It's in our computers, it's in our smartphones, it's in our cars, right? Gold is used for so many things. This is why they're trying to mine it in a space, in an asteroid in, in the space, right? Shout out to SpaceX who bamboozled everybody by pushing the market up and then buying it back in. Guess what? Guess what SpaceX is going to be doing in the next couple of years? Well, they're going to be going to space and mining gold. And when they bring that back thing back down, that's going to drive the price of gold down and continue to drive the price of Bitcoin up. Imagine now if the entire gold market now sat on Bitcoin, that's $10 trillion sitting in Bitcoin. Just saying a lot of money is be sitting on a thing. If you don't understand that, go to visualcapitalist.com and you'll be able to see all the money in the world. All right, guys, with that being said, it is a wrap. I am done. Stay patient, stay disciplined, and the gains will come. Thank you, everybody, for your five-star review. Make sure you share this with a friend and follow me on all social platforms at The Manny Fraser. I'm out.